We are living under a very divisive spirit in our country right now. Unfortunately, division is also wreaking havoc in our marriages and in our relationships, especially if you and your spouse are on two different pages spiritually. Join me this week as I talk about navigating a house divided when you and your spouse aren't on the same page. Hi, and welcome to the Raising Kids on Your Knees podcast. Raising Kids on Your Knees is a ministry dedicated to equipping you to pray and parent life into the lives of your children. I am your host, Tina Smith. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here with me. My prayer for you is that your time here will help you grow in freedom and victory in Christ so that your prayers for your children are powerful and effective. Maybe you weren't a believer when you got married. Maybe you were and you married an unbeliever. Or maybe you and your spouse are both believers, but are on two different pages. Whatever the case may be, you are now at odds in your home and you are raising children you are hoping will share your faith. You are not in the boat alone. In one poll that I found, 59% of households are divided homes. I also want you to be encouraged that you are right in the center of God's will right now. He did not fall off the throne when your life unfolded the way it did. He knew from the foundation of the earth who was going to be your spouse and what their spiritual status was going to be and even what we would be walking through right now. Having said that, if you married an unbelieving spouse and you knew you shouldn't have, The first step for you is to go back and confess your rebellion to God and ask for his forgiveness. Once that is settled, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move forward. You are forgiven and God is faithful to redeem and restore. God can do amazing things in the marriage of an unbeliever and a believer. Maybe you're a mom or dad who prayed for your children's spouse from the time they were babies. You can rest assured that the spouses that they're married to are the spouses you prayed for when they were little babies. Why? Because God is sovereign. He knew who you were praying for even when you didn't. I have two who married unbelieving spouses. They are enjoying healthy marriages and God is working amazing things in their lives. One of the spouses has since become a believer and we know the other one will in God's timing. I am in no way advocating that you encourage your children to marry someone unequally yoked in the faith. That simply would not be scriptural. However, if you have a child who may have professed to be a believer but is not walking like a believer, they are probably more equally yoked with an unbeliever than a believer. So what does the Bible say about a divided household? You don't have to go much further than the church at Corinth. They wrote Paul asking him many questions and one of them just happens to be about marriage. 1 Corinthians 7 is Paul's answer to that and it specifically addresses marriages where one spouse is an unbeliever. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 7 verses 12 and 14. To the rest I say this, I not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. 
Here's the good news. God's got all of this. If your spouse is willing to live with you, then your home is sanctified, which means your home is set apart and made holy. Why is that? Because where you are is holy ground. Why is it holy? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you and wherever you are is holy ground. Here's the even better news. Your children are holy as well. God has you covered on all sides. It may be a lonely walk since there is a whole aspect of your life that your spouse doesn't share. Walking out life with someone who is not spiritually alive is difficult at times. God sees you and you are not alone. He has placed you in a body of believers to help support you and come alongside you and help you spiritually parent your children. One of the most encouraging verses on the subject of children being raised in a divided home is what Paul says to Timothy in his letter to him. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. You see, your children are not doomed because they have an unbelieving parent or parents who aren't exactly on the same page. In fact, they are blessed that they have one believing parent. As you walk out your obedience to Christ, they will see it. Truth always wins in the end. Trust me on that. Living with someone who doesn't see things the same way you do comes with specific questions. Ones like, what do we do about church? How do I pray for my spouse? How do I pray for my children? What should I do about this fear that I have? And how do I live my faith out in front of my spouse? Let's tackle each one, starting with, what do you do about going to church? It says in the Bible in Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Living in a spiritually divided home can make it very hard in determining what to do about church attendance. Ultimately, the believing spouse or the one convicted about church attendance must walk before God personally and be courageously obedient to him. All situations will be different and how God calls one may not be the same way he calls another. In the context of this verse, we are not to abandon the church. Church and fellowship with the body of Christ should be a priority. A believing spouse is going to need as much support spiritually as they can get. One of the ways God provides that is through the body of Christ. Maybe church isn't an option for you. What about a Bible study that you could attend on a weekly basis? Most churches have a variety of ministries and many with childcare options. The point is having fellowship with other believers. The other reason why some sort of fellowship with the body of Christ is important is this. If you want your children to make the body of Christ important, then you will have to do that as well. You can't expect them to automatically grow up and go to church if it hasn't been a habit in your home. The next question is, how do I pray for my spouse? The most important prayer you will ever pray for anyone is for them to come to know Jesus as their savior. Look at John 14, 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If your goal in life is to get your unbelieving spouse saved, the one person who can block that goal is your unbelieving spouse. 
When our goals are fixed on anything other than ourselves, we leave the fulfillment of that goal in the hands of another person. Blocked goals are a huge source of depression and great frustration. It's easy to play the role of the Holy Spirit in your spouse's life. When we take on that role, we are blocking the work of the Holy Spirit in our spouse's life. And this is true whether your spouse is a believer or an unbeliever. The only way to salvation is through the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of your spouse. He says he is the way, the truth, and the life. The only real change you will see in your spouse is through the work of the Holy Spirit as well. Instead of playing the role of the Holy Spirit, why not instead get behind what the Holy Spirit is doing and pray for your spouse? Your prayers for them pave a path for the Holy Spirit to work, and it also gives them a very distinct spiritual advantage in the spiritual realm. As your children see you praying for your spouse, they will learn the importance of praying for their spouses. And what a great legacy that is to leave for your kids. Because our children are watching us very closely, they are also vulnerable to the undermining of the enemy. Ephesians 6, 1-3 talks about the responsibility of our children as well as our responsibility to teach them. It says this, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. As a child living in a house divided, life can feel like you're caught in the middle. It can also be very confusing for the child who hasn't yet made the decision to follow Christ as Lord and Savior. I've raised two in a spiritually divided house, and it was never an excuse for their poor behavior. The word is clear. The only responsibility a child has spiritually is to be obedient to their parents. The only exception is when a parent is asking the child to do something contrary to the truth of the word of God. Whether they are obedient to the believing or unbelieving spouse is irrelevant. They are to be obedient and honoring and respectful to both. As we pray for the child of a spiritually divided home, here are some key prayer points I focused on as I walked through this myself. Number one, pray that the truth would prevail. Number two, pray that God would open the eyes and ears of your child. Number three, pray that your child would respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And number four, pray that your child would be respectful and obedient to their unbelieving parent. You can rest assured that God hears your prayers and that his desire is for your children to come to know him. You may not see immediate answers to your prayers for your child. And in fact, they may be adults before you see any answers at all. Be still and know that God hears you and that it will be a process of the work of the Holy Spirit in your child's life. Keep praying. Fear is always knocking at the door, isn't it? When we are at odds with our spouse, it can be a great temptation to give in to fear. But Philippians 4, 6, and 7 remind us of this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you, we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus.
How much of our lives do we miss out on because we are always wringing our hands in worry and fear? The enemy loves nothing more than to rob our joy. Raising children in a divided home can be one of those things we fret about and worry over because we are always thinking about we'll begin living our life when mommy and daddy become a believer in Christ. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is your spouse and this is the parent of your child. Choose to accept them right where they are at. Embrace who God has made them to be, even if they don't see it yet. Be their biggest cheerleader. Enjoy your life with them right now. There's no need to fear. God's got all of it and he's working out his perfect plan for their lives just like he did in yours. So go ahead, kick fear to the curb. There's nothing to fear because we are the ones who know Jesus and we trust him with every circumstance that's going on. Enjoy your life. Be winsome. These are the things that will draw your unbelieving spouse to Jesus. After all, who wants a Jesus that doesn't take away our fear and allow us to enjoy life? I think the most important thing that we can do is live our faith out in front of our spouse. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, your spouse will see it and be intrigued. Be patient. God is very long-suffering in this process and rest assured that he is at work. My prayer for you is that this is an encouragement to you today. If it is, won't you share this podcast with someone so that they can be encouraged too? Hit the follow button so you are sure not to miss an episode. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I lift my friend up to you and I ask that you would speak to their heart. That Lord God, whatever situation they find themselves in, that they would follow you. And as they follow you, their spouse, Lord, will begin to follow you as well. Lord, I thank you that you are in control of all things. That Lord God, you are fighting this battle of division on our behalf. And I stand against it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.